0: Today on the Scott Thompson Show on nine hundred CHML. All right, it's been, uh, I guess, a few days, a week since the Mueller report has been uh, released. Uh, you, we remember talking about it uh, late last week, and in, in trying to decode it all. Uh, now that it's been uh, out for a while, uh, what has surfaced? What stands out about this? Let's bring in Michael Trocott, Professor Emeritus of Communication Studies and Political Science, uh, University of Michigan, and is with us now. Michael, thanks for the time, much appreciated. Good to be with you, Scott. So the Mueller report uh, released last week. Uh, people have experts have had time to go through this. Uh, did we learn anything new? What stands out in this for you?
1: Well, I uh, I I think the most interesting part of the report is how uh, there could have been clear instances of obstruction of justice by the president if the people around him had followed his. Uh, wishes or instructions. But for many of them, they thought they couldn't do that. And so he was uh, actually prevented by his own staff from getting in further trouble.
0: So where does this leave us at the end of this report? Is it simply uh, (laughs) the way it's always been? It depends on who you ask. He has his base. He has his supporters. He has those that are not. Uh, Does this change the discussion? Does this move the discussion forward in any way?
1: I think uh, currently it doesn't really move the discussion forward too much until and if uh, the Congress, the relevant committees, get an unredacted version of the report, including the supporting evidence. It's, It's not clear that it's going to be volunteered by the Justice Department, but I think through a series of hearings that will evolve testimony by Mueller, Barr, maybe McGahn uh, will learn a lot more, and then Congress will decide whether, uh, starting in the House, they want to get serious about impeachment.
0: Any reason to believe anything that is redacted is of, of interest, or is that just protecting the obvious?
1: Well, I, I think that uh, some of the details, for example, of Russian interference or conversations between Trump campaign staffers and uh, ver- various Russians could be relevant. And uh, uh, to the extent that impeachment is a kind of political act that reflects a judgment on the behavior of the president and office, then I think testimony by McGahn uh, could be quite telling in what the Congress decides to do, the House decides to do. One complication here, which uh, I know that you understand, is that even if the Democrats in the House were to take action and uh, uh, pass articles of impeachment, it's very unlikely the Senate would do anything uh, to, to confirm that, unless the hearings produce... Uh, unexpected revelations.
0: Um, Nancy Pelosi, uh, in the weeks before the report being released, seemed to back away from impeach, impeachment, whether she knew that there wasn't much coming out in this report or not, I'm, I'm not sure. But but is there enough? Is there anything more now, after the report than before the, por- the report, to, to think that this uh, would do anything other than just be more divisive?
1: Well, I I, I I think the devil is in the details of the supporting evidence. And so, therefore, we don't know yet because we or the members of the House haven't seen that yet. Um, the, you know, the whole issue of the firing of Comey and the attempts to fire Mueller, which are reported uh, by Mueller, uh, could be sufficient depending upon uh... the description for example that that uh... Um, again provides uh...
0: donald trump prior to this being released um uh was reported to have said that this was going to bring him down, that this was going to ruin his presidency. It seems as if he's more guilty than he actually is. What what are we finding out here? Um, uh, For a guy who's innocent, he certainly acts pretty guilty. Why is that? And and is that what's driving this?
1: Well, I think they had a strategy, uh, you know, which was a reasonable political strategy to try to get out ahead of the reporting of the details of the report and that involves preparations that uh, the president and his team made it may have involved some coordination with the attorney general and the press conference that he held so you know this this initial claim of exoneration was a was a strong claim but now with the passage of time uh... as journalists in particular delve into the details including the footnotes in the report uh, the conclusions are clearly more damning and in a in a recent uh, poll I think released this morning or, or last evening uh, Trump's approval rating has dropped uh, you know a few points to its lowest level ever so the 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 glow of the initial reaction structured by uh, Republican attempts uh, to to frame interpretation of the report seems to be gone now, and uh, some people, not Trump's base, but others, are becoming more concerned about its contents.
0: Uh, the longer this report is out, it, does it is it does it become less damaging, or do we know everything that there is to know from this?
1: No, I think that in the midterm. It's going to become more damaging if, uh, members of the house, various committees are able to organize hearings on the details, uh, and to get additional information from the department of justice, um, the, it, it, it would be, it, we wouldn't expect the public to obviously read the whole report of, you know, 448 pages and, uh, we don't think they paid much attention to the details of the news. But if there were congressional hearings and, and Mueller appeared and Barr appeared and there were uh, brief video clips of the testimony they provided, that could have a big impact on public opinion.
0: Will we eventually hear from Mueller, do you think? And and will he I'm, will he add any clarity to this?
1: I'm pretty sure that... Uh, the Congress will hear from Mueller. Uh, and I say that because there's suggestion in the media that Mueller and certainly members of his team were dissatisfied with the representation of the report by the Attorney General. And so I think he would he would uh, be glad to have an opportunity to clarify the record.
0: Why hasn't he spoken out own. already, even through the media, now that the report's out? I mean, he's done his job. Does he? D- d- would that matter? I
1: uh, I think it's pretty clear that he's a by-the-book kind of guy. Yeah, and uh, he's not anxious for a lot of uh, press coverage or personal notoriety. But uh, if he were summoned to a committee in the Congress, I think he would think that that was part of his duty, and he would be he would be glad to do that. But he's not going to hold uh, press availabilities.
0: Uh interesting note from a, a listener here the primary basis for the uh, investigation of the Trump campaign was an un, was the unverified Steele dossier a dossier who worked with russian sources that was brought uh, bought and paid for by the democratic party and the clinton campaign initially started by republicans against trump are the democrats innocent in all of this uh,
1: well this is <laughs> this is politics which by its nature in the United States is partisan. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't expect each of the members of the party or the leadership of the parties to be, you know, completely innocent. But uh, the, the the central issue here is that um, Mueller either didn't find illegalities or couldn't establish sufficient uh, evidence to support uh uh, the notion of illegalities. So, the debate is going to be really about uh, appropriate behavior in the presidency, right. and 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 whether or not uh, standards that we thought pertain to the office and conduct in office um, have been maintained or discarded.
0: I guess it's just simply by viewing what we have all witnessed over the last, uh, well, since since the election, uh, isn't it pretty safe to say he's not really, you know, what he does? His actions aren't appropriate. I mean, should we be surprised here? So he's going to, I'm guess, well, what he's been saying is whether it's appropriate or not, it's irrelevant to him as long as it wasn't illegal. Uh, can he walk that that that? Uh, that line, and and you know, we heard when this report was released that that Donald Trump was very upset about this. That he thought that this was going to be the end of his presidency. Why would he think that?
1: Well, um, he must have some sense of the appropriateness or the inappropriateness of his behavior, right? And uh, and concerns. We, we we're pretty confident he had concerns about how the public. Would perceive the legitimacy of his presidency if they believed that the Russians had a significant role in, that, you know, getting him elected. Um, but uh, uh, you know, his his outrageous behavior is a hallmark of his entire career yeah. you know, in the real estate business. Mm-hmm. The question is, does it, you know, does it translate appropriately to the office of president of the United States?
0: Has he created enough confusion, distraction in regard to all of this Mueller report? I mean, he's still yelling no collusion, even though the thing's been out for a while and saying that he didn't collude um, or, or, you know, that there wasn't enough evidence to to prove that or or Mueller's conclusion here. Um, Has he created enough confusion and distraction that none of this matters?
1: Well, we don't know yet whether it matters, although he has created a lot of confusion. Um, you know the fact that uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani went on television last night and said, uh, "What's wrong with taking information from the Russians? Um, what difference does it make uh, if it's uh, immoral? If it's not illegal?" These, this is not, I, I would say, arguing from strength in terms of his, you know, position, the campaign's yeah. position. So. We'll have to see how that part plays out.
0: So how does Donald Trump handle this moving forward? Does he just keep bringing it up? Because he still is talking about it. He's still, he's still making reference to it.
1: Well, the problem is it's not going to go away under the threat of the congressional hearings. Right. So even if he wanted to stop discussing it, it would still be a newsworthy topic. And I expect it'll be a newsworthy topic well into the summer.
0: Is he drawing more attention to it, though, by commenting on it?
1: well uh he he is in a sense, although the case that he's making is really one of framing he you know how he wants the public to interpret it, but he's going to lose control of that ability once the hearings and the Congress begin.
0: uh Many have questioned recently Sarah Sanders and her handling of of the press, and well, I guess there hasn't been uh, a formal briefing in a long period of time now. Um,
1: Forty-three days, I believe.
0: Yeah, and and they seem to be going on each, you know, with another day uh, between each one. Um, obviously, this is a tough job. I mean, we've seen him go through uh, press secretaries since uh, since uh, he started. Uh, obviously, it's it's not an easy job for them to do how is she faring in her performance in trying to uh, articulate what the president says how does she how does she walk a line between telling the truth and not telling the truth
1: well first of all it's pretty clear from the report that she crossed the line uh by admitting to Mueller under oath yeah. that she made things up and uh the under the best of circumstances, the role of press secretary to the president would be difficult, and uh, working with this particular president uh, makes it extremely difficult, if not impossible. Yeah. But nevertheless, the relationship with journalists is based upon a kind of trust that the that the press office will convey uh, honestly what what's going on uh, in the White House with regard to. Policy, policy formulation, and, and and the like, and it it's it's been clear for some time uh, that they haven't been entirely truthful, but the Mueller report. Uh, now seems to indicate that they've been deliberately misleading.
0: How, is, how will uh, the U.S. respond to that? Because, again, this is not necessarily that's something damaging against the president, but certainly uh, damaging against his staff. Will we see a replacement in this position soon because of this?
1: Well, um, I'm not sure exactly. It's possible. I think if if they were operating in the normal way where the press secretary appeared almost every day to, to uh, have an exchange with reporters about things that were going on in, in the White House, it would be more likely that she would be replaced. But if they're going to go five or six weeks between press conferences, she might be able to hold out. I think the president clearly thinks that she's a, uh, you know a real loyal soldier
0: so uh is it in his best interest for her to stay or change this up will it will, will there be will it draw more attention to the fact that he changes it up, or is he best to leave her in this position?
1: Well, I think it would draw attention to the you know general set of problems if he were to try to replace her. I think an interesting question is whether or not he could find somebody who would take the job
0: yeah, that probably has a lot to do with it right there I think so. Uh, will he continue to tweet about this? As I mentioned earlier, will it not be best for him to just let this peter out?
1: I think he's too compulsive a personality to, you know, let it ride. So I expect that he, I expect that he will continue to tweet about this.
0: All right, uh, joining us has been Michael Troga, Professor Emeritus of Communication Studies and Political Science, University of Michigan. Michael, thanks so much for the time. As always, much appreciated. Good to chat. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to three on 900 CHML.